Welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. Uh, my name is John Payne. I serve as the lead pastor at Redemption Hill in Austin, Texas, and I'm here with my friend Jared Mellinger, who serves as the lead pastor of Covenant Fellowship Church in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. And we both serve on the Sovereign Grace Leadership Team. And we are friends, and so this is as much fun for us as we hope it yes, is indeed. useful for yes, anybody indeed. listening. We do this mostly for ourselves. It's literally been a surprise when people have said, hey, thanks for that podcast. You almost forget that, oh, yeah, I guess there's other people that <laughs> might listen to it. It's just our expectations are low in terms of people. I think we started out saying, yeah, I think our mothers will listen to it and maybe a couple of friends who feel obligated. Uh, but, yes, if that's, if that's not you uh, and you're not – mom um we hope we we hope you're you are blessed by this and today in this episode we wanted to talk about books uh books are our friends um yes. and good books we should say and we are the beneficiaries of uh as we often say in this podcast of the men who came before us in promoting the value of good books and books for pastors um are life changing um as CJ, uh, our friend, has said many times, an old book is like a having an old friend just take you by the hand and guide you along the way of truth and letting yes. his voice give you counsel and wisdom that's in keeping with God's word. So we, we wanted to devote an episode just talking uh, about books, and I think in particular on what, at least in modern terminology, would be defined as older books. I think we both have a passion yeah. That though there certainly are good current books being published, very grateful for modern um, authors that are faithful to scripture. However, there is a unique value in older books that have stood the test of time. And just to launch that, and you can speak generally, bro, but I, I in particular, I wanted to throw out three authors, all, all three of which have gone home to be with the Lord, but I wanted to kind of highlight, and we can talk about them, uh, J.I. Packer, Jerry Bridges, and R.C. Sproul. Because uh, at least in the modern mind, for a young person, they would probably be defined as older books already now, um, and we'll we'll go back further than that. But um, what what would you say, bro, in terms of those three authors, and then speak generally about just the value of books? I know in your own journey, books books have played a massive role. But then those three men, why why would we feature them specifically? Yes, yeah. Sometimes I don't know if you have experienced this. People ask questions about you know, why do we love books so much? And uh, sometimes people can even pit other books against the book, you know, scripture uh, itself. And so we always look to make clear that uh, we love no book like we love the word of God and yes. that the books that we do love are books that we love precisely because they are leading us to a deeper knowledge and understanding and application of the word of God. Um, yes. they, are, they are teaching us uh, sound doctrine and and godly living and have made a significant impact in our in our lives. Uh, the old paths are good paths, and you will not go wrong reading old books. And yeah, I do think, I mean, the names, the crazy thing about the the names that you mentioned, I've listened to each one of those men teach and preach. And now they are no longer with us, you know? And yeah. so it's just, uh, 
it's one of the the wild things about growing older is uh, and it makes me think of the men who now you know faithfully are serving the broader body of Christ through their writing through their ministry who in a matter of years or decades will no longer be with us um, yes. but yet we I, I thank God that we've been led in such a way to value, the, the Puritans, you know, I think of the recent message that, that uh, Jeff Perswell preached at the pastor's conference on zeal. And he was just basically drawing from the Puritans and a Puritan study of zeal. And that's how CJ has led throughout our history as well. Yes. Um, C.S. Lewis had a lot to say about the value of reading old books. He said, he basically said, you have to go back a few centuries that, that we need to keep the clean sea breeze of the centuries blowing through our minds is his yeah. imagery. And, I, and what he said is that every, every cultural moment and generation has its own blind spots that it needs to be checked by, by reading old, you know, old books. And I, we take for it's easy for me to take for granted. I'm actually affected in thinking about this topic. Um, I thank God for for Banner of Truth because mm-hmm. there are books on my shelves all around me here that are available today that weren't available a hundred years ago or even fifty yeah. years ago. And so this sort sort of whole resurgence of interest in the Puritans that started with the, the, the Puritan conference in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, and then all the work that Banner of Truth has done. It's just, what a blessing, what a heritage we, we have. And, um, and we encourage pastors and Christians to immerse themselves in reading, in reading um, old books, read the, read the Puritans. It is, it's gospel centeredness. It's Christ centeredness at its, at its finest. These were men who, who loved Christ, who were, you know, J.I. Packer used the image of the Redwoods to describe the Puritans. They were just, they were giants. uh, And, and we have so much to, um, to learn from them. You will find your faith uniquely strengthened to read, uh, gospel truth from hundreds of years ago. There's something about this truths unchanged over uh, the centuries that is uh, that's such a wonderful encouragement. And so, yeah, when I think of reading old books, I would, the formative voices for me, I mean, my favorite Puritans, Richard Sibbs, he was called the sweet dropper, he, uh, yeah. a preacher of comfort, just his his sermons, his writings are so full of uh, of gospel tenderness and encouragement and gentleness and warmth. He uh, he wrote the Bruised Reed, uh, mm. Christ is Best is his treatment of Philippians one and others. I think of uh, John Flavel as well. There was a few years ago I read through his uh, Fountain of Life, just expositions of the person and work of Christ. Mm. Um, or for our staff devotions that we did. And he's written many other, uh, I mean, that's the thing. John Flavel is what, seven volumes on my on my shelf. And uh, so just what riches we have. Mm. It was when I was, um, what, 20 or 21 years old that my dad got me Jonathan Edwards' two-volume works. Mm. And those had such a deep impression on me. Several of the things in there I read along with my dad. Um, but... Uh, but the individual sermons in there, the uh, the preciousness of time and the importance of redeeming it, uh, the mm. Christian pilgrim, all of these things have just had such a a deep and lasting impact in my in my life. And so, and then John Owen, 
glory of Christ, sin and temptation, Steve and Sharnock, existence and attributes of Christ. All of these are just in the kindness of God books that I've grown grown up with mm-hmm. and uh, and have have benefited from. So that's what comes to mind in the Puritan category. And then I can shift to talking about recent authors. Would you have anything that you'd add just when you think about the old, you know, the old Puritans? Yeah, let me uh, just a couple of notes and I won't be able to, you know, I don't have the, the range that you do, man, but I, I there was something I wanted to highlight. One was, um, you know, you referenced the bruised reed. I mean, at, in terms of non-Bible books, um, obviously, I think I think Carson's Cross and Christian Ministry has impacted me most. And I think the Christian Ministry by Bridges has impacted me next most in terms of framing my understanding of ministry. But but it might be that the third most influential is the Bruce mm-hmm. Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Just his treatment, and obviously it's personally impacting. You think about Christ's treatment of us as sinners in our brokenness and in our smokiness. Um, he, he just, you know, page after page of describing uh, the mercy and tenderness of Christ t- towards us. But the the effect it had on me was making me want to relate to people that way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite sure that that all of my ministry is affected by a desire to reflect that same disposition towards others that that views them it had a similar effect on me as um, we've talked about before CJ's message, Grace and the Adventure of Leadership on First Corinthians. But it, just that ability to view people um, in spite of their weakness, in spite of their limitations, perhaps even in spite of things that are offensive, <laughs> you know, like that smoking flax, um, that there is a faith for what they could one day be by the grace of God and a, a willingness to have hope for them rather than to discard them um, because of their current condition. So I, I, just to pick one example, I mean, that book um, had a profound effect on me and affects me um, to this day in terms of how it influences how I think about just people and their needs, weaknesses and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, if you read Charles Bridges, the Christian ministry, if you're a pastor and if you haven't, you, you should stop reading whatever you're reading. <laughs> and read that book. Um, but so many wise warnings about pride that can exist in ministry, about the danger of neglecting personal um, devotional time with the Lord, about the need of faith in ministry for it to function, uh, the importance of preaching. I mean, just it's just page after page. And that's the thing about the Puritans is you read them and a paragraph is a feast. Um, I mean, I've, I've read, I don't know how many times I've read over the same paragraph in, in Thomas Wilcox, Honey Out of the Rock, um, mm. or quotes, it's sections of Glory of Christ by Owen. Yes. And you just think, okay, this realigns me. This resets me. Um, and, and partially, I was rereading recently parts of um, Holiness by J.C. Ryle. And I know you love Ryle, so I'll let you you get the the Ryle time mostly. But but the thing that I it's always strikes me about reading Puritans is, and this is Lewis's point, even the best and boldest modern authors are somewhat affected by the by the taboos of the age. They even when they're seeking to be bold, they're bold in a way that that perhaps unintentionally, we all do this, tiptoes a bit around sacred areas. Um, 
and and seeks to caveat those things that are more currently offensive. You read old Puritans, mm. they have no modern sensitivities that they're tipped <laughs> around. They're just laying you bare with what the text most plainly says. And I find even the best modern authors don't get to the kind of plain spokenness that you read a Ryle on the call of holiness. There, there's mm. no, there's yeah. no, you know, concern about the possibility of offending someone who perhaps has grown up in a more legalistic culture mm. and trying to be careful. He just says what the passage says and, you know, rams it through unashamed, undeterred, yes. uncaviated, And yes. it, it is delightful. Or the same thing about, you know, like Wilcox and, and insisting on trusting in Christ alone for justification. He, he, he takes no prisoners in trusting your own efforts. Uh, he is a warrior. He comes at you with, you know, all blades and, and no bandages. You will do nothing but trust Christ or you are in danger. And, and um, I just, I love to hear their voice because it yeah. just affects you. And the, the, essence, uh, the, the sense that these men knew God. I think that's everything. It just breathes through their pages that, you know, whether it's, whether it's Ryle or, uh, you know, Machane and reading some of his, you know, like you've referenced his biography, um, you know, Owen is the same way you get that from Newton, you know, Wilcox, some of these guys, Sibs, these are men who are just letting you in on their private counsels with the Lord. And, and their encountering of him, yes. and you just you just you just want to get a chance to peer into that yes. encounter through these pages, and like Lord, help me to 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 enjoy some of that. So yeah, I would just a hearty amen to yes. the older of old books. Yes. Um, you know, especially those men that that fit into that Puritan label. So grateful for them and the difference they've made. So many of the most popular contemporary. Christian books are aiming at uh, feel feeling good, and mm -hmm. what's striking about the Puritans is that they recognized that that the the way to joy is through conviction of sin, yes. and that those who are forgiven much are those who love much and experience much rejoicing. And so it is, the Puritans will take you out. I mean, they will. Yeah. It will convict you of that I was recently back in Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. And it was just taking me out, you know, my my sorry grumbling and complaining. And uh yeah, so have the Puritans and others among among our pastors. I mean you've yeah, you've moved through the 1700s and 1800s as well with some of the great, you know, uh, Bridges and Ryle and Spurgeon and and others, and how kind it is of the Lord to raise up, um, you know, these gifted teachers in every generation and in every century, it seems. And um, and yeah, among those recent ones are the names that you you know you mentioned J.I. Packer and R.C. Sproul and Jerry Bridges uh, in in particular. The first Christian book my dad ever got me was Knowing God, was J.I. Mm. Packer's Knowing God, and uh, and I read it and I have reread it and it is a book that I continue to return to. He gives his three word summary of the gospel: adoption through propitiation. His chapter on adoption is just is is magnificent 
and no, yeah, if you, I, I would have to think that knowing God is on a short list of books that have deeply shaped sovereign grace churches. Uh, John Stott's mm-hmm. The Cross of Christ, Packer's mm-hmm. Knowing God, Ryle's Holiness, you know, um, Martin Lloyd Jones' Spiritual Depression, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. R.C. Sproul's The Holiness of God. These and and others are just these classics that um lord willing will continue to to shape us into the into the future you know and packer was was a great scholar of the the puritans and he has he uh did a lot of work to introduce readers to the the puritans and he he wrote that book what is it a quest for yeah quest for godliness sort of an introduction to the puritans so if you're not knowing where to start that's a wonderful place both to start with packer and with learning about the puritans Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i think if there's a a piece of counsel that probably is apparent but (laughs) so that it isn't missed i think that we would make to all pastors even i mean even men our age because we we our age can be prone, and certainly those younger than us, um, to neglect the rereading of some of these books um, because of the, the fact they were read once. Uh, many of these books, it would be better to reread them than to find a new book on the topic, um, okay. because it, frankly, a rereading is going to give fresh insights <laughs> the older you get. And uh, I'm just not convinced there are better modern things. And again, I'm grateful for modern authors and, um, you know, particularly would want to celebrate, you know, Piper and the young would be two guys. I think I'm, I'm uniquely yeah. appreciate um, in the modern day, but I, those men would say, you know, go, go, go read, you know, go back and reread, um, you know, before you pick up that latest book on, on the gospel, you know, go back and, and reread what Owen says. Um, so yes, I think, I think the, the recommendation is if you haven't read some of these books that we've referenced a number of titles, um, go back and, and pick one of them and read them. If you're a young pastor, um, please do not neglect these older books. Please don't. Please. I mean, you have the privilege, especially if you're in the States, these are in English, <laughs> you know, these books are in English and easily accessible and basically cheap. They can almost have most of them are free. A lot of them on Kindle, this, the, the absurdity of that, that you can for a buck 99, you can get this priceless Puritan treasure on your phone. Um, my goodness, if you, <laughs> you gotta, you know, go get it and read some of these things, let alone buying the hardback copy. So um, to young authors or pastors, please read these men. And, and, and let's, let's, since we started with this, let's take a couple minutes. Let's just honor. So obviously you referenced knowing God. I think I, I, I wanted to reference R.C. Sproul um, also just because th- there was in his writing, and I think uh, Jerry Bridges would, would warrant the same um, affirmation, a, a skill to make quickly tangible and relatable the, the deep things of the gospel and of grace and of the glory of God in a way that certainly can affect anyone, but are also resources that could be handed to every Christian um, at any point in their journey and, and benefit them. Um, So from a pastoral standpoint, 
you know, obviously you can read about the holiness of God in Calvin or in Edwards or, you know, but there's an accessibility to Sproul and Bridges that make them ready-made pastoral recommendations. Um, yes. So I, I think being familiar with some of their works enables you then to, to recommend them to someone that perhaps wouldn't be able in your church to dive into some of the deeper, um, headier things. And um, that would have been true with me. I mean, Transforming Grace uh, just transformed my life at 13 years old. Mm-hmm. We're reading Transforming Grace, and he has his whole analogy about you know, permanent bankruptcy. Look, Christian declares permanent bankruptcy, not temporary, permanent bankruptcy, and declares his only hope is Jesus Christ. I remember my little self-righteous Pharisee of a self reading that and just being floored, being just, uh, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever gotten that before. And, uh, you know, just illustration after illustration in these books, trying to communicate, here's what it looks like, you know, in Sproul's case, I think of the holiness of God. Um yes to to understand what it is that god is holy 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 how do we communicate that he does or in bridges case how do we preach the gospel to ourselves every day you know so you know i i i you know i love bridges because he actually covers such a breadth of the christian life so accessibly so he has his more well-known works on the pursuit of holiness and the practice of godliness he has transforming grace, grace and the disciplines of grace, you know, that talk about applying the gospel to everyday life. He has a book on community. It's, it was republished under the phrase true community. It's very good on the community of the church. He has the joy of fearing God, which actually just might be my personal favorite short work on the attributes of God. I think it's actually Sproul that comments on the joy of fearing God if, I, if I'm misquoting him, I'm sure he'll forgive me. But it, he he comments, I think, on the back of the book where he says, listening to Jerry Bridges is like listening to an angel enraptured with delight. And you just think, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's the joy of fearing God, you know, by this man that just I, I remember hearing Jerry Bridges say one time, you know, very meekly as he would, but just talking about his own personal devotional life. You know, he'd say, I, I typically spend an hour and a half you know, every day with the Lord. And I, I don't think I've missed a day in 50 years, you know, <laughs> and you're this day you think, Oh my word, <laughs> you know, this guy, this guy knew God, man. And here's, oh, here's wow. his experience with the Lord in a, in a book. Mm. And uh, these are just men that are, are worth reintroducing, um, you know, yes. to, you know, Packer's work, his introduction to uh, the death of death, would be another another classic um yeah so i'd be just grateful for these sort of modern classics modern puritans that we're grateful for yes and amen uh rc sproul's saved from what is a little gem of a book he tells the story of um Someone asked him, I think he was in college, you know, are you saved? And his response was just saved from what? And the guy sort of didn't know what, to, you know, like Jesus. Yes. And, you know, uh, but <laughs> the whole book is that we are not only saved by God, we're saved from God and, yes. and for God. It's a, it's a magnificent treatment. Some of my favorite Bridges books, in addition to the ones that you mentioned, Respectable Sins is mm-hmm. a fantastic little book. And then the last book that he published is The Blessing of Humility, which is his treatment yes. of the Beatitudes. That's a, 
um, wonderful. But yeah, just a thorough treatment of Christ-likeness and, mm-hmm. and uh, Christian maturity that comes from an, an exemplary model of the very things that he, that he wrote. Yes. I think um, the Sproul have, is it Essential Truths? Is that right? Essential to the one he wrote. It's just a basic, simple summary. And then Packer has Concise Theology. Yeah, that's um, right. Really nice, simple introductions of, yes. of kind of Reformed doctrine. And obviously you have, you know, small things that we would, you know, distinguish, you know, Packer's an Anglican and Sproul's, yeah. you know, Presbyterian and so forth, but but in terms of the essence of of Reformed theology, they're just going to give great introduction in those two books. Um, so I, there could be others that you'd want to highlight in, in a, a more modern day, but those three men just we I wanted to just uniquely celebrate and yes. um, you know ha- having now gone home to be with the Lord, so grateful for their ministry, their influence, and pray it continues. Pray it continues to have a yeah. shelf life you know, in our family of churches and, and obviously far beyond, um, as well as, you know, as we've been saying, highlighting the older voices that have yes. so much to say to us and hope they keep, keep blowing through our, our churches that our, our church would seem like our churches would seem very ocean breezy. Um, yes. <laughs> as Lewis would say that, that those voices would continue to blow through them. So well, yes. anything else to add, bro? Or I think we've we've made our point. I would no, say. Pick, up, pick up and read. Build your own library. Study God's word and books that will help you to, to treasure Christ, to grow in godliness. And don't underestimate the powerful way in which God uses good books to make us more like Christ and to change our lives for his glory. Yes, amen. See you soon, bro.